You know, we live in a world where we have a tremendous desire to be noticed. I, I mean, just go on social media and you see it all the time. We, we post on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram our pictures and the reality that we want to portray out to everybody. And if you're like me, sometimes you post those pictures and you go back and what are you looking for? How many likes do I have now? Oh, now I'm at 10. Oh, I'm at 50 likes. I'm really popular now. I'm going viral. Yeah, we all look for that, don't we? Yeah, we do. We do this because deep within us, we all have a desire at some level to be noticed. We do it on social media, and we just do it in our day-to-day lives as well. We try to find ways to be noticed. You know, in our nature, in the core of who we are, just humanity, we have four things that really drive us, that we long for, that our heart longs for. One is to be noticed. The next is we want our independence. We don't want anybody telling us what to do or how to live or which way to go. Third, we're searching for identity. We're constantly trying to figure out that question, who am I? Why am I here? And lastly, we're constantly trying to figure out my purpose in life. And those four things are at the core of everything that drives us every single day. And so much of our life pursuit becomes focused on those. In fact, those four things are the jet engines that drive our heart, our emotions, our attitude, the choices we make, the behaviors we find ourselves committing to, and so on and so forth. We drive after these pursuits. And so much so that we find ourselves in the presence of things that just, we think, help us to move us forward. To be noticed, to be independent, to, to figure out that question of who am I, and to find our purpose. Because what we're in, it makes a big difference. What you are in drives your choices, your behaviors, your attitude, and ultimately your overall experience of life. And the fruits you have in your life. Because my friends, don't, don't miss this important uh, nugget of truth. Whatever we are in either gives life or destroys life. There really is no in between. Things are either life-giving or life-destroying. Life is either growing or dying. There's really nothing in the middle. You know, if some of you guys, you maybe go to work on a weekly basis and sit in an office space with no windows and you're in your cubicle, cubicle farm, and you've been in that environment, and what do they have in those, those office spaces? The fluorescent lights. And you're just sitting there, and all day long, as hour goes by, you're just like, this thing is just sucking the life out of me. These fluorescent lights are horrible. I need to do what? Get out and get into the sun. Because the sun kind of motivates it. It gives you life. It restores you. It reinvigors you, right? And I think so often we live like that. We live in such a way that we're making choices or finding ourselves in the presence of things that aren't giving life. They're slowly destroying life. And maybe you don't recognize it right now. But over time, you see it just happen over and over again. 
You know, in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. You know, what you are in, your presence makes, makes a significant difference in not just who you are, but ultimately what you experience in your life. And the Apostle Paul highlights that. Do you see the key phrase in that verse? If anyone is, say it, in Christ. Nothing else happens until you understand the most important part of this journey that you are to be in Christ. You see, in Christ is being connected to him in our heart and our mind. And we're, when we are connected to him in our heart and our mind, it ultimately drives the choices we make, the behaviors we commit to, the lifestyles we live, the attitudes we have that ultimately develops the experiences we have in our life. It all comes down to what presence you're in. And that's why the Bible over and over again talks about how we cannot be driven by our heart because our heart is deceptive. That's what the Bible says. Because God the creator knew something about us. He knew that by nature we are very heart driven. Very heart driven. What gets a hold of our heart ultimately gravitates towards our mind and transfers how we view things, how we, how we handle things, how we look at things based around us, and we kind of create our reality based upon what our heart is driving us towards. And then before you know it, it drives your choices, your behaviors, and the experiences you have. You're, we're all very heart-driven. And Paul says, if you want to experience everything that God has for you, the goodness, the love, the peace, the joy, everything that he promises, it comes when you are in Christ. And when you are in Christ, then the new creation comes. The old has gone. The new has come. But I think so often we struggle and we wonder, where is God why is it God coming through? Why is it God giving me the joy that I need, the love that I need, the peace that I need? And we look at our lives and all week long, we were never in the presence of Christ. We're in the presence of what I want to do or what I want to surround myself with to make myself feel good or I caught that movie or whatever it may be. But how often are you just in Christ, giving him your heart and your mind focus and attention? Because everything else in the world tends to get it. We are driven by our heart. Our heart drives our mind and our thoughts and what we view as reality. And I apologize for a moment because I'm about to jump on my little bit of a soapbox. But because we are so heart driven, my friends, we just need to be honest with something. Hollywood controls us. Hollywood has absolutely got a stranglehold and controls us as a people and as a society. And so much of what we have become is driven by what Hollywood is pulling us towards. I mean, we all do it. We go to the movies or we go turn on our TV shows and you get so enthralled with it. 
You know, you just gravitate towards it. Like, hey, that's pretty awesome. I want that life. I want that reality. And then we try to make shift that reality into our life. It's just not possible. And we think, well, if they had a good, happy ending when the credits rolled, then in my life when the credits rolled, maybe I can have a good, happy life like they had. You might not go in the movie actually saying that, but subconsciously it just slowly happens. It just slowly happens. The more and more the media and Hollywood gets a hold of our hearts, the more it gravitates towards our mind, what we think is right and wrong, which way to go, what is up, what's down, what's left, what's right. And then we drive ourselves towards that. Because ultimately, we, by nature, are heart-driven. All of us at some level. And then what happens is, we try to live lives based upon the reality that we've makeshift what it should be. And we get frustrated with our lives because our reality does not match the reality that maybe we see other people have on social media or what we see on the movie or what we just have pictured in our mind. And then we begin to get frustrated with God because we see the Bible and we start to say, well, God, you know, you promised love, you promised good things, you promised all this stuff. Why aren't you doing this for me? And we forgot the really core of it all, that in order to achieve that, to experience everything that God has for you, we have to be in Christ. And that's where the battle is, in our hearts. Because in so doing, what tends to happen is we try to makeshift the reality that we want in our life, that our heart longs for, that we see in the big screen, and we just shove ourselves into the presence of things that tries to, that we feel drives us to that, rather than being in Christ. And we've detached ourselves from being in Christ to the reality of what we want. But to, to experience the fruit that God has for us, the fruit that he promises, the fruit that he wants you to experience, Paul says we need to be in him. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and, I will, and, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus is saying here, he is the vine. He is the very source that gives life. Being detached from him, our lives just wither and wither and die. Yet our pursuit of our own dependence, you know, the things that we pursue to be noticed, to be independent, to find our identity, to, to find our purpose in life, we chase our own heart, our own desires, our own way of thinking, this is how it should be accomplished, and we detach ourselves from the vine, from being in Christ, and it just withers away. 
And in so many times, so many ways, we desire to be independent more than we desire to be in Christ. And we, we, we wrestle, we struggle, we get emotionally beat down, and we think we can sustain our own lives, but we can't. It's like this, this little plant. You know, these branches... When they're attached to the roots, they sustain life, they will grow, they will bear fruit, and they will be amazing. But so often in our life, we think, God, I want everything you have. I want the good things, but I just don't want to really be attached to you. Because I believe that I can make my own choices. I can do my own thing. I can live life my way. I can create my own reality. And everything will be good. Just give me the good life. And you know, as you look at this this branch, this branch cut, cut off from the root, from its source of life, it can sustain its life for a period of time. But I promise you, if you came back here tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday to look at this branch, eventually you're going to see the leaves withering up and the branch slowly dying. Because apart from the vine, apart from the root, there is no source of life. Yet if you're like me and I'm probably safe to assume that we are similar in many ways. We try to sustain life our own, on our own. We want to be independent. We want to live life our way. God, give me your fruit. Give me the good life. Just don't tell me how to live. And then before you know it, we detach ourselves from the vine. Now you, like this tree, like this branch, you can sustain life for a period of time. I'll give you that. You can sustain it for a while. But over time, maybe a couple days, weeks, months, maybe you can manage a couple years. Eventually, like this branch, emotionally, spiritually, those core things that you're trying to pursue to be noticed, to be independent, to figure out who you are, to find your purpose, it just begins to wither up and wither up. And you see the slow death begin to take place. Because we can sustain life for a period of time on our own, but detached from the source that is life, that doesn't last too long. Jesus said, he is the vine. And we are the branches. And that when we are attached to him, then we grow and we prosper emotionally and spiritually and just as people. Jesus is the vine. Yet so often we try to go for our own, our own direction. But we need to focus. I need to be in him. When I am in Christ, I experience what Christ offers when I separate myself from Christ and try to do my own thing, I may come to church every once in a while. I may read the Bible every once in a while. 
but when I do that sometimes and I'm trying to focus on my own independence, can I just be honest? Sometimes I do it selfishly. I don't really hang out and be in Christ. I more come to him when I need him. And it's like, okay, God, now it's time for you to show up because I just messed up my life. Where are you? And he says, no, you really want to experience all that I have? Be in me. In that verse in John 15, three times, Jesus said, remain in me. He said, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Over and over again in that scripture, he says, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. And you will experience what he has for you. He will come through for you. You know, when the Bible highlights something, when the Bible repeats something three times, that is a clue that, you know what? I better take a mental note. There's something very important that God's trying to tell me in this moment. And over and over again, Jesus is saying, hey, remain in me. You want to experience me? Connect with me. Just be with me. Hang out with me. Remain in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying, when you remain in him, it's that time when you, be no, when you are noticed by the creator of everything that is. I mean, think about it. We try so often in social media to get other people to like us and to notice us. But so often, those very people who liked us today aren't there for us tomorrow. But Jesus said, I am the son of the living God, the creator of everything that is. You remain in me, I notice you. I see you. And he says, if you remain in me, you'll find out who you are. You'll see who you are. If you remain in me, you will see your purpose because I created you for a purpose. I didn't create you by accident. I had a reason the day you were born. Remain in me to see who you are and the purpose that you have to not only experience my hope, but to share my hope with this world. If you remain in me, Jesus says, I got you. I will take care of you. You see, my friends, when we are in Christ, he brings the good fruit into our life. Apart from him, you may get a juicy bite every once in a while, but more often than not, you're getting that rotten, bruised, nasty stuff. And Jesus says, I want to bring the good fruit into your life. The Apostle Paul takes us a bit further as he talks about the fruit that we can experience and the fruit that we can have in our life in Galatians 5. He begins by saying in verse 17, for the desires of what is, for the, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then a few verses later, Paul highlights what the fruits of the Spirit are. He says they are love, joy, peace, forbearance, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. 
He says these are the things that you can have in your life when you are in Christ, when you are connected to the vine, the source of life. These are the things that will come out of your life. You know what's fascinating about this this verse? The word fruit that's used here in the English language is the Greek word karpos. And karpos literally means the result of something. In other words, it is naturally produced by this. You know, like an apple tree, it can't help itself. When it's healthy, it produces apples. An orange tree, when it's healthy, it is inevitable. It will produce fruit. And the best fruit tree of them all, the mango tree, it is inevitable. If it is healthy, it produces mangoes. And that's a beautiful thing. We got to have more mangoes in the world. And what Paul is writing here, that when you are in Christ, when you are connected to the vine, it is inevitable. It is a natural occurrence that God is just manifesting and working in your life more and more. The Spirit of God is there working in your life that you will not be able to stop it. You will not be able to, to, to squash it. The more you're in Christ, the connected to the vine, it is the result of that that you will bear this fruit, love, joy, peace, goodness, self-control. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not like you just wake up tomorrow and, whoo, look, there's an orange. But it just grows and grows and grows. The fruit in our life is the result of what we are in, which is, drives everything that we are. Everything that you are is driven by what you are in. What you deem, what you choose to be present in all week long. And just like the branches of the grapevine, need to be connected to the life-giving vine of its, and the roots. We need to be connected to Jesus. And the more the, the tree, the branches are connected to the tree and the vine and the roots, it is evidence in the fruit it bears. The fruit we bear reveals who we are ultimately connected to. That's why when Paul got to this, he came to the fruits of the Spirit because he was dealing with ultimately the fruits of the flesh. Just a few verses before that. He says the more we connect to ourself, our heart, our own desire to be independent, to live life our way, this is what transpires more and more in our life. But the more you connect with Jesus, in Christ, the vine, the more you experience his love and joy and peace that just flows out of you. If we're not connected with Jesus, and we're only connected to ourselves, we're going to produce the fruits of the flesh. It's going to become the normal reality of our life. But when we're connected to Jesus, allowing his spirit to work within us, we begin more and more to produce the fruits of his spirit. Because our heart and, our, and his heart are constantly battling with each other. You can't have both. You can't be like, well, God, just let me kind of live life my way and do what I want and also give me your fruit. Because Paul said in Galatians 5, 17, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. The spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. You know what he's saying there? Our flesh and the spirit are in constant conflict with each other. 
constant conflict with each other. Our heart's constantly saying, Bill, do this. You want to do this. Be this, because then you'll be noticed more. Do this, and you can enjoy life more. You can just be happy. Do this so you can find out who you are. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Come to me. Be in me. Then I will pour out all my blessings in your life. The love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the kindness. And my friends, I fear that I think somewhere along the way, we've really begun to view our relationship with Jesus through a different lens, which has caused us to adjust our expectations of him and our relationship with him. We've kind of adjusted our view of Jesus that, Jesus, you just exist to make my life better and ultimately just don't let me go to hell. Other than that, let me live. And we've kind of adjusted our view of him. And it's driving the way we view him and the choices we make and everything else. But just we all want to come after him. But we come after him, if you're like me, and I'm just being real, sometimes I just come after Jesus selfishly. I don't, I'm not in him. I'm not hanging out with him. I'm not trying to become more like him. But then when life doesn't go my way, I'm hanging out with him because I want him to come through to fix up all the messes I made. And it's like, why do you come after Jesus? And I think because we've adjusted our view of him and, and how we see him, we've really kind of simplified things. You know, well, if I just say this prayer and when no one's looking and I close my eyes, if I just raise my hand, then I'm good. But Jesus says to come after me. And what does that mean? There, there's a big difference between being a Christian and a follower. And Jesus put it this way. In Luke 9, 23, he says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to come after me, which at some level we all do, we're all here for that purpose. But we're probably all coming here with a different mindset and expectations of what that means. And Jesus is saying, if you want to come after me, there's a, there's a requirement. And that requirement is deny yourself. He's saying, you want to come after me? You need to say no to yourself. No to what you think you want. No to what you want to run after. I love how Andy Stanley put it. He says, saying no to ourself means I'm no longer ruled by my appetite. I'm not ruled by my own ambitions, my heart, or even the rule of the day. I don't have an opportunity anymore to react like everyone else around me. I'm putting myself aside. I'm saying no to me to come after him. And then Jesus said, not just deny yourself, but take up 
your cross. In those days, to take up your cross meant that your independence has come to an end. You are no longer independent for yourself. No longer living for you or your own way. You're completely given that over. Yourself and your independence for that cross. And the word that makes the biggest difference in this whole verse that truly separates just Christian and just believing and just, God, I'm here to, for you to pro- provide for me what I want, to, to the difference between that and being a follower when Jesus says, come after me. What makes the biggest difference between those two sides of the coin is the word that comes after all of it, and that's the word daily. Jesus is saying, every day, It is a continual choice. Every day, I am saying no to me. I am giving up my independence to be in him and to follow him. Because it is a daily decision to follow Christ. Every single day, every morning when you wake up, Jesus is asking, you want to experience me and the fruit that I have for you? You want to see me work in your life? Every day you make the decision, no to me. I'm giving up my independence for the sake of the cross. Not my kingdom, but his kingdom. His will be done, not my will. You see, in this moment, to experience everything that God has for you, it is a decision to completely abandon our own independence. To experience all that the cross has to offer. Do this and follow me. Was Jesus' words. Remain in me. We all want to be noticed. We all chase after our own independence. We all are trying to figure out our identity and the answer to the question of who am I. We're trying to figure out our own purpose. We want the fruit that God has to offer. But oftentimes we want it on our own terms. But Jesus says, you want to experience all that I have for you. You got to be in me. You need to say no to you. You need to abandon your independence to experience the cross. The cross that gives life. The cross that brings joy and peace and goodness. Jesus wants you to experience the fruit that he has. But you have to be with him to experience it. Give up your life and take a hold of his. What have you been pursuing?
maybe now's the time to stop pursuing your own self, your own independence, your own heart desires, and pursue him. If you want to talk to somebody about how to take some next steps for you to help you in that pursuit, we'd love to talk with you and pray with you. And we'll be back at the Engage Impact at the, at the end of the service. But pursue him. Give up yourself. And watch how he works in your life and through your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for all the things that you've done for us. Lord, right now, I, maybe we just need to ask for forgiveness. Because selfishly, I know me and maybe others can agree that there's just so many times I run after myself. My own personal gain, my own desires, what my heart says to do. And Lord, right now, just can we just lay it at your feet? Lord, I say no to me. I'm giving you my independence. And help us just to experience you. And Lord, for anybody in this room right now that needs to take that same step, Lord, I just pray that your spirit moves in their life, elevate them towards you. And Lord, maybe they, maybe can they just come back and talk with us that in community, because we were never made to be alone, but in community, may we walk together towards you and experience you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.